0: You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. As always, a lot going on here in the swamp. Judicial Watch, of course, continues to do the heavy lifting and exposing the coup against President Trump and the abuses of power by the Obama administration to target him. So I have some updates there. We're investigating the Mueller Special Counsel operation and potential leaks to CNN. Uh, and on top of that, I've got some important commentary and reaction to the latest attacks on the president by Congress and the leaks targeting him out of the Mueller Special Counsel operation. And I guess I'll start with that because that represents that represents the most serious. Uh, ver- it's kind of the coup began in 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 large measure there was always wanting an effort to overturn the president but the coup began in, with the appointment of the Mueller special counsel operation you had a discussion between rod rosenstein andrew mccabe the, sent, the then acting fbi director fired for misconduct since then about wearing a wire on the president and invoking the 25th amendment illicitly to overthrow him also part of that discussion was the corrupt appointment of robert Mueller who had interviewed for the FBI position, I think the day before he was appointed. So he was inherently conflicted from investigating the very issue he was hired uh, to do uh, because he had sought the job of FBI director and he was being asked to investigate how that job opening occurred. Uh, It's just incredible, violations of any uh, sense of uh, fairness and uh, any any, any rule related to the conflict of interests that supposedly govern Justice Department actions. Uh, but when it comes to getting President Trump, all bets are off. So uh, you had this uh, then aggressive effort by the Mueller special counsel operation harass the President. And it was all based on, in large measure, this fraudulent dossier created by the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign secretly, of course, uh, and the dossier was known to be, um, basically, uh, uh, it was known that the dossier had no credibility. Robert Mueller, in January of 2017, admitted that it was minimally corroborated when he showed it to the president in an attempt to, in my view, intimidate him and uh, trying to keep his job the same way J. Edgar Hoover allegedly did with various presidents. So then, then uh, that didn't stop the deep state and Mr. Mueller from continuing to pursue this fraudulent piece of information to harass the president. And in large measure, it was uh, in this last year, the beginning of last year where they indicted some Russians related to the hacking or uh, Russia involvement in setting up fake Facebook accounts where they spent $100,000 or so Uh, to try to influence the election so there were some indictments there but of course there were Russians and the indictments never went out of their way and in terms of the public comments about that by the Justice Department they went out of their way to say there were no Americans knowingly involved in this so they knew a year ago there was no collusion so despite that they continued to harass the President and we now finally have the Mueller report of course they kept that report that, that conclusion I guarantee you they made away from the American people through an election cycle. So there's potential corruption there. And now they created this gargantuan report, 400, nearly 400 pages, uh, where they admit there was no evidence of Russia collusion with President Trump. No evidence. That means the dossier was a fraud and a fake. And on top of that, they uh, came up with this uh, smear job part of the report, based on Barr's analysis uh, or uh, Attorney General Barr's description of it, saying that there was no obstruction of justice, or they didn't have any evidence to get them to file an obstruction of justice charge, although they said that he wasn't exonerated of obstruction of justice. Barr rightly saw through that garbage and said, no, there is no obstruction of justice, and we're not filing any charges and we're not concluding there would be obstruction of justice here. So uh, the deep state has been unhappy with the way bars described the Mueller report. Now you may recall, if you watch us here repeatedly, that I've always opposed the very idea of a Mueller report. The, the notion that the Justice Department could write a report, especially on the president's decision-making, as to whether to hire or fire or whatever, any personnel like the FBI director, James Comey, is just completely absurd. So the Justice Department now has the ability to comment on the president's hiring and firing practices and gets to decide whether or not it's obstruction of justice? That's ridiculous. And is it going to be applied to the Justice Department internally as well? If a prosecutor declines to file a charge or... uh, or files charges and leaves others on the table? Are we going to now investigate them for obstruction of justice? It doesn't make any sense, and it makes less sense, obviously, for the president, who's elected by the people of the United States, to run the executive branch to abuse the Justice Department to investigate him for firing the FBI director. So what happened this week is that uh, the Mueller operation began leaking to the Washington Post and to the state, and to the New York Times that there was more to the Mueller report than Mr. Barr had summarized, and it may make the president look bad. Well, that's no surprise. I've been warning you of that since the get-go. Now just because there's a, another dossier out there, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone like Attorney General Barr wouldn't see through, as I say, the smears and come to the conclusion, as evidently even Mr. Mueller did, there was no Russia collusion and there was nothing credible to suggest an obstruction of justice charge. So, uh, But it shows you the coup effort against President Trump continues. And sure enough, Now what goes on when you have documents like this that uh, potentially can be publicly released, there's a process that the government goes through. It's always too slow. I don't need any lectures from anyone here in Washington, D.C. or anyone in the media about what transparency is. I've been here at Judicial Watch for 20 years. We've been doing this work for 25 years. Judicial Watch knows what transparency is. We know what the law requires. We fought virtually every issue that's under debate right now for grand jury material, executive privilege material, internal justice department documents, FBI documents, you name it, Judicial Watch has litigated it. So, uh, but we do know how the process works. And the Justice Department evidently received 400 pages of material, every page of which was marked as containing potentially grand jury material. So what that means is that grand jury material cannot be released on its own by the Justice Department, meaning the Justice Department just can't decide unilaterally to release grand jury material. They need the permission of the courts. And the courts don't like to release grand jury material. Sometimes they release, the release of grand jury material in historical cases where witnesses have passed away or the targets of the investigation have passed away. I think there was some um, a court ruling recently in that regard in one of the Nixon cases. But typically grand jury material never sees the light of day. And then of course there's executive, um, there's executive privilege material Remember, the Justice Department received a million plus pages of um, documents from the White House. The White House never waived executive privilege in sending that material over there. So, the president has prerogatives that the courts recognize and that everyone else in Washington recognizes for any other president, but evidently not for President Trump. Now, the president uh, is weighed in generally, saying he wants the information to be released, uh, Attorney General Barr said they're going to try to release as much as they can. Uh, in Judicial Watch litigation, of course, Judicial Watch, again, finding out information before anyone else as a result of our FOIA litigation because we have been asking for certain documents that were covered by the Mueller operation that may now be released as a result of the report being issued. And the Justice Department got back to us and they said they've got to evaluate the Mueller report and they'll figure out what to do by April 16th which you can read to mean that they'll have finished analyzing the Mueller report by the middle of the month. What's today, the 5th? So about a week and a half from now. Now, that's not satisfactory to the Democrats. And Jerry Nadler, who's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee for the Democrats on the Hill, abused his power to issue a subpoena for the Mueller report. Now, a subpoena is not a magic wand, which, you know, in many ways, it kind of is a, he's not only trying to fool uh, the media, but he's trying to fool his supporters by pretending that magically the Mueller report, or at least those portions that would not be released, will automatically be released because there's a subpoena. As I said, these privileges can't be Uh, In executive privileges, executive privilege can be waived, so maybe the administration can decide not to do the fight and that the privilege doesn't need to be uh, upheld here or vindicated here, and they just release it in the public interest. Or they may not decide not to, and there's no good reason to suggest that the court will necessarily say that it's inappropriate to uh, assert an executive privilege. And on grand jury material... A subpoena is not a good enough reason, and will not allow a court will not allow the Justice Department to release a grand jury material. As I said, when they filed the 81 subpoenas or 81 document requests um, about a month or so ago to everyone in the Trump world, you know, individual recipients of those letters can say no, and like with the Mueller report, they can issue a subpoena if they need it. The Democrats, part of their harassment campaign against the president. And those subpoenas are, as I say, not magic. They're not self-enforcing. The House has to go to court to enforce the subpoena. So this is a battle, assuming the Justice Department wants to fight it, that could take months, if not years, to resolve. In fact, you know, we're, we're asking for the Mueller report. That's what we do. We do a transparency organization. We're asking for the investigative file. We've got a broad request in. My guess is we'll probably get documents under the FOIA process, as we have in the past, sooner than Congress will. But let me just say this. There should never have been a Mueller report. I guarantee you Mueller and his team of anti-Trump activists wrote a report as a other uh, way to try to get the president removed hence the abuse of power in creating this obstruction of justice canard that they tried to put into the lap of ag Barr. justice department had no business creating or disseminating a report on the president's decision to fire james comey or take other official acts as president because it's pretty clear they're criticizing the president and suggesting that his criticism of Mueller what might be obstruction of justice. His firing of Comey might be obstruction of justice. All public acts by a president. To cover up what, you might ask, especially since Mueller concluded there was no underlying crime or scandal of collusion. So, you know, in many ways, the horse is out of the barn because the report's been created. There'll be political pressure to release it. But I think the report should never have been created. The Justice Department made a mistake in allowing Mueller to keep on keeping on against the president. The report should have been just a few words. We apologize, Mr. President. There's nothing there. And uh, we're sorry that we abused our powers to try to remove you from office. And we apologize to the taxpayers for spending, what, $30 million, even though we knew there was nothing to be found. So the Democrats are desperate to change the conversation because uh, they recognize that the collusion fraud they perpetrated against the American people has collapsed. So when the Mueller report says there's no obstruction or, or uh, there's no collusion, what they're saying is everything the Democrats created through Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee in league with the Obama administration, FBI, CIA, state, you name it, Department of Justice, was a lie. That does, There was no evidence of Russia collusion. So everyone who was suggesting there was either knew or should have known who knew it should have known? I've gone through it in the past. I'll go through it again. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, James Comey, Hillary Clinton, the Democratic National Committee, Susan Rice, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, James Clapper, John Brennan, John Kerry. I'm sure there are folks I'm leaving off the list. Robert Mueller, Loretta Lynch, Hillary Clinton, of course. I may be repeating myself. So this is why they're making noise about a subpoena fight. And frankly, right now, the president's still within his rights to stop this report, this smear operation from being released. To further impair his ability to do his job. Now, every time he fires someone, he's going to be subject to a justice department investigation. Is that the way it's supposed to work? Shut it down. So we like the idea of transparency, uh, but uh, I I object to the government abusing its powers to target an innocent victim like President Trump. I know the, the left hates it when I say that President Trump is a victim, but he really is a crime victim here. These people who illegally targeted him out of the Clinton operation and league with the FBI and DOJ and misuse government resources to target someone for partisan and political reasons. I mean, if I were the Attorney General, I'd send some FBI agents to talk to President Trump to take a victim, witness, to take a victim statement as part of a criminal process of investigations So we'll see what happens there. But uh, and on top of that, so the the Mueller phase of the coup is ending, uh, but they're still pushing. Uh, They created this obstruction of justice uh, portion of the report as a vehicle for impeachment for their allies on the Hill. So that's why they want to generate controversy around the subpoena by suggesting obstruction when there is no obstruction in terms of producing the information. They're going to get the information. And now it's announced this week also that the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, which is the Tax Writing Committee, sent a letter to the IRS asking for six years of the president's tax returns and six years of numerous companies associated with the president their tax returns and other filings. Now, the, the Democrats say, well, that's something they're allowed to do under the law. Well, it's in the sense that the law allows certain chairmen of the Congress to ask for tax return information, that's correct. It was a law that was passed, I think, or implemented in 1924, but it wasn't written to allow the Democrats or any political party to go on a fishing expedition against someone they don't like. This is an abuse of power. It's, it's, it's the most blatant abuse of power, because it's public, of our lifetime in the IRS. Now, the Obama-IRS scandal, you know, that was kind of a secret abuse of power until it was exposed. Here they're just doing and break. They're, 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 they're violating the president's rights in plain sight. Now, the president has said he's going to fight it, supposedly. He should. As I said, the law allows Congress to get this information. But my guess is the courts may be skeptical of a political effort by the Congress to rifle through someone's IRS documents for political purposes. Now, of course, this, the Democrats say, well, they needed to make sure that the IRS is doing its job. It's part of their oversight duties and responsibilities. Well, I don't buy that. Again, if the president can be targeted, you can be targeted. Again, President Trump is a victim of unprecedented harassment and targeting by government agencies and now Congress, and now there's a threefer here. There's a, you've got the, the ridiculous subpoena, which is an abuse of power and a waste of government resources because Congress is wasting your money in pursuing it. The Justice Department will have to waste your money in dealing with it, and the president, of course, is harassed in dealing with it as well, so you know we want presidents to focus on what we hire and them to do, and presumably not be distracted by this type of misconduct by Congress or harassment by Congress. we got the IRS attack, and now you had three committee chairmen of the Democrats on the House secretly go to the president's banks or bank, Capital One Bank. I don't know if it's his only bank. I don't even know if it's his bank, but they were going on a fishing expedition I looked at the document request. It's a one page, one or I think it was a one page cover letter, nine pages of document requests about his financial information. Another fishing expedition. That's not congressional oversight. That's a vendetta. That's an abuse of power. And like I said, I hope the president fights it. So this is a pretty serious moment in our history, in my view. And I was on Lou Dobbs this week, and we're talking about the border crisis, which is just worsening day by day. And on top of that, we've got this crisis where you have this illicit effort to overthrow the president of the United States. Our republic is under assault in unprecedented ways, in unprecedented ways, I mean, our very sovereignty is under assault at the Mexican border. And then on top of that, we've got this assault on the right to govern ourselves with this illicit targeting of the president. Do you want your president to be only able to serve as long as bureaucrats and unelected officials in the executive branch think it's okay for him to serve? Working in alliance now with Democrats who evidently want to impeach him or trying to figure out a way to impeach him? Not for high crimes or misdemeanors, just because they don't like him. Your right to be self-governed, your right to self-government is being attacked as we speak. So it's Judicial Watch, once again, that is rising to the occasion to take on the deep state and expose the misconduct of all the operators we're talking about. And to that end, we had several lawsuits that we announced this week, all of which you're gonna find very interesting. There's another train coming by. We sued uh, this week, this is a basic lawsuit. Who the heck was behind the effort to target President Trump? How did that all come apart? about? And when did it come about? It's all been vague. You've heard stories about this uh, former advisor, uh, really tangential operator in the uh, Trump uh, campaign, George Papadopoulos. It wasn't like, I guess he was one of many foreign policy aides and advisors who were part of the operation. And then of course you had Carter Page, who was targeted. All of these names were being used to kind of distract us and to pretend that those were the basis for uh, an honest uh, investigation of President Trump or then candidate Trump. And I don't buy it at all. I think they didn't like him and they were thinking of ways to investigate him and they created this theory, uh, both at the FBI and working with the Clinton campaign Uh, and a hoax that there was uh, collusion between him and the Russians. And it was all a hoax, and I knew it was a hoax from the get-go. And they pretended that separate efforts by the Russians, which had been ongoing across the world, in the sense that they interfere in elections all over the world and try to do what they can to mess things up in countries in Europe, Certainly they were doing that here in the United States. However, as being alleged by the intelligence community and the Mueller Special Counsel, so I'm I'm relying on them, and they can't be trusted in many ways, but assuming all that took place, there was never any evidence that that President Trump, then-candidate Trump, was involved in any of that. How do I know there never was any evidence? Mueller told us so. So, Judicial Watch has sued for documents and communications—documents of communications, I guess—of uh, the Justice Department and FBI leadership between the beginning of 2016 and May of 2017, up until when, up until uh, essentially when Mueller was appointed. We want communications of former attorneys general Loretta Lynch, Sally Yates, Dan Buente. Those were the three uh, uh, top officials in the Obama Justice Department. Dana Buente moved into the Trump Justice Department. Jeff Sessions, obviously the former Attorney General. Sally Yates, again. Rod Rosenstein. James Comey, Andrew McCabe. All of those people. We want their communications about this alleged Russia interference. Of course, that would cover the, uh, the scam they were running uh, by, that was trying to entrap President Trump. They were spying on President Trump, or then-candidate Trump, it looks like, both with informants and through the FISA process. So all of this would be covered by this Freedom of Information Act request. So this is a key request to uncover the deep state efforts to create the Russiagate hoax to target President Trump. So as Congress does nothing or fights on, or engages in a fake fight over the Mueller report, Judicial Watch is in federal court right now seeking core documents about this deep state coup against the president. Well, and this is just one, as I say, of over 40 federal lawsuits that get at virtually every angle of the deep state approach to uh, taking out President Trump. You know, one of the other agencies that has gotten away with a lot of, has gotten away from, um, gotten by without a lot of scrutiny despite their key involvement in the effort to destroy President Trump is the State Department. Surprise, surprise. Hillary Clinton, obviously, ran the State Department for years under President Obama. And then you had um, John Kerry running the State Department. Now, it looks like the State Department was another vehicle, and Judicial Watch has proven this, for the dossier uh, to be laundered into the Obama administration and pushed onto the FBI. You have to understand, the dossier did not only come from Steele. There were variations of, of the dossier Uh, that came from other places. John McCain's guy, for instance, and John McCain, the late senator, President Trump has complained about that. He's criticized for complaining that John McCain and and his staffer or his ally were shopping around a fake dossier that made it seem like he was a traitor. And yet President Trump is criticized for criticizing John McCain for doing that. That's Washington for you. Of course, now the State Department was doing similar activity. Christopher Steele had communications with an Obama ambassador, Victoria Newland. He was, what was her her exact title? Uh, She was Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs. She had approved a key meeting between an FBI official and Clinton vendor, Christopher Steele. Steele had been a vendor and was providing tons of reports to the State Department. So Newland liked him. So she had gotten the dossier and sent it along, or a portion of the dossier and sent it along to the FBI. And she also approved a a meeting with um, Christopher Steele and an FBI agent, Mike Gaeta, One report said the FBI checked with Victoria Nuland's office at the State Department. Do you support this meeting? Nuland, having found Steele's reports on Ukraine to have been generally credible, gave a green light. So I guess Gator went abroad to meet with Steele with the approval of the State Department. So what Judicial Watch has done is we've asked for all communications between Victoria Nuland and virtually everyone involved in this deep state effort and Clinton-DNC effort to target Trump with this Russia hoax. And again, it's Judicial Watch doing this basic oversight that Congress is unable to do. It generally refuses to do, but it's almost always unable to do. Then we've got the Mueller special counsel operation. No one was providing oversight over Robert Mueller. No one, except Judicial Watch. And Mueller is engaged in a series of prosecutorial abuses, the raid on Manafort's home, guns drawn, and then you had the raid similarly uh, leading to on Roger Stone's uh, home where he was arrested. Roger Stone's raid was seen all over the world because CNN magically happened to be there. And CNN says they found out about the raid because of uh, good instincts, some key clues, more than a year of observing the Cummings at the D.C. Federal Courthouse and a special counsel's office, and a little luck on the timing. Well, do you believe that? Roger Stone doesn't. Stone complained, it's disconcerting that CNN was aware that I'd be arrested before my lawyers were informed. And even acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, I don't think he's there anymore. He said it was deeply concerning to me as to how CNN found out about that. So you would think the Justice Department and the Special Counsel's Office and the FBI would be quick to answer Judicial Watch's FOIA requests about whether there were communications with CNN about the raid. And we wanted other documents about the raid as well. But we've gotten the proverbial hand to the face, which suggests that this uh, FBI and the special counsel's office has something to hide. Did they leak the raid to CNN? Now, those of you who say, well, the special counsel, they never leak. Well, they just leaked this week. They're just trying to make President Trump look bad this week. by spinning the nature of the report that Mueller created. Do you think that CNN was not leaked the raid by um, the FBI or a special counsel or someone improperly from the Justice Department? Well, maybe you do think that, but we can't get an answer one way or another out of the Justice Department and the FBI with our Freedom of Information Act request. And again, Judicial Watch, doing the heavy lifting. We had filed a complaint with the Justice Department asking for an investigation of this. I'm not aware of anything being done yet. So what's going on there? So this has been a big week for Judicial Watch in the sense that we've stepped into the breach. As Congress assaults the president, Judicial Watch is in the middle of the fight defending the rule of law defending our Constitution, and using the tools available to us, the American people, to demand accountability from the government about what went on in the solicit targeting of President Trump. And we're only able to do it with your support. Like I said, we've got... I just talked about three lawsuits, but there's another half dozen I haven't talked about yet. I'll probably talk about over the next few weeks. I think we've filed... Twelve or fifteen lawsuits since January 5, January first alone. To try to find out what our government's up to, mostly about this deep state assault on our republic. So I'm proud to be able to do this work, uh, but in many ways it's outrageous that we're the only ones doing it. As Congress sleeps? They sleep at this in the face of this assault on our republic at the presidential level. There's sleeping, I think, on purpose with the border crisis because I think Congress generally, not everyone in Congress, obviously, but the establishment of both parties are happy to see the border crisis continue because they believe in open borders. So if the system breaks, so be it. And the Judicial Watch is kind of trying to defend the rule of law in both instances. So I appreciate all your support, and I hope you have... A wonderful weekend, a weekend and I'll see you next time with some new documents to discuss next week that are going to blow your socks off. So be sure to tune in next week and follow our work online at judicialwatch.org and on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and such. So thanks for joining us and I'll see you next time. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet, Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.